Welcome to the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the show. All right, let's give this a go. Hello, Think Fit, Be Fit podcast. Uh, Jennifer and Angela coming in from Impact Your Fitness in Alexandria, Virginia. We'll leave that one go. We got an Instagram going over here. We got a light poorly placed there. Anyways, we're going to have some fun today with um, some new knowledge on MRIs. So a really fun structure for today. We're going to go through and talk about maybe some trust issues. (laughs) and um, some quiz uh, like trivia about MRI just to, you know, look at the technology in a more objective way. And two and three, um, I have some research about the reliability and overuse of MRI. Can't Mm. wait to dive in. (laughs) Um, So how are you today? I'm super great. (laughs) How are you? Uh, I'm fabulous. I've been looking forward to this one. I really love... Showing people a different side of things. Mm-hmm. I think we trust MRIs um, in our modern, you know, orthopedic culture a lot. People are asking for MRIs. I'm sure if we had a doctor in the room, they might, you know, have uh, a perspective that when people come in, I've had two weeks of back, back pain. It's been killing me. Can I get an MRI? So I kind of wanted to take this opportunity as a podcaster and a lover of um, alternative health and alternative methods for joint, uh, solving joint pain and chronic tightness to discuss, I don't know, just some unknown factors. Beautiful. I think it's worthwhile asking questions for something that's so prolific and just goes without any questions. So I think this is really wonderful. I'm looking forward to diving deep and learning all kinds of new things about MRIs. Yes, yes, I do. I, I, I have put together quite a list. Um, but, you know, first, I wanted to touch on something really important, which is um, trust with our body. <sighs> yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts on this because um, I've worked, you know, on a spiritual level, emotional level with myself learning about my body, healing my body. And anybody that comes through the Impact Your Fitness Studio, I also wanna share with them the importance of having trust in your body, developing an intuition to have trust in your body and not like just give away your power to these scans. Yeah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, and I think one of the things I always say to clients, you know, I love doing pain science quizzes. Like what, you know, and that's a good way to teach about pain science, about how pain is made in the brain and that it's an emotional, psychological and environmental um, experience from the brain and that not all pain is bad, all that kind of stuff. So uh, let's start our quiz. Okay, we're going live on Instagram. Excuse us for a sec. I just want to see if anybody's going to, come in and take part in our quiz, our our trivia, our MRI trivia. 
So, add one piece oh yes, start there yeah, yeah, that was it's, it's so yeah, huge. so huge. Like, Let me just piece. skate over that. <laughs> <laughs> the piece about trust, yeah. I love that about impact your fitness and our approach with people is truly re-instilling and restoring that innate trust and knowing in the intelligence of the body. I think if people can make, and it can be a big jump because we are trained in a completely opposite paradigm. So if people can start to make that jump, either quantum leap or by small steps, that is huge towards sovereignty and health and really um, maintaining vibrant health for their entire lives. Mm. So I'm about it. I'm excited about yeah. this. <laughs> Vi yeah, vibrant health. Okay, uh, friends, we are doing an MRI quiz uh, trivia, so stay tuned. Um, so first of all, what is the number one predictor of, of back surgery? Mm. Just take a stab. Anyone on Instagram, take a stab. What is the number one predictor of back surgery? I'm gonna let someone on IG maybe take a hint of this because I heard you say it before and it was actually shocking. So spoiler alert hint, it's probably not what you think. So it's probably not uh, the amount of pain you have. It's not uh, the amount of injuries you've had. It is the amount of scans um, in the zip code. So the correct answer is zip code. Uh, zip code is the number one predictor of back surgery. Wow. And that is based on the doctors, um, you know, uh, sending pa patients out for scans. So Whew. we're gonna start with that. <laughs> All right, our next piece of, P.S. no one chimed in on Instagram. You guys are scared. Okay, you can't see my answers, right? <laughs> no, it's like, it's on, it's on like 11 types, so <laughs> you can see oh, that, wow. Okay, so, we all so MRI stands for magnetic uh, resonance Im imaging. Okay, um, true or false? It used to be called nuclear imaging. Hmm. Um, false. True. Oh, uh, I can't remember the exact name, but it had nuclear. It was like N N M I and. You know, so people didn't want to get into the machines when it had the name nuclear in it. Okay. Uh, so they changed it based on people's reluctance yes. because of that word, not yeah. because of the nature of what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, I've got some really fun facts on MRIs um, because, honestly, this technology is badass. Really. it's I, I got into it, and I was like, wow, that is cool. So... Um, the magnet in an MRI um, is stronger than the Earth's magnetic pool by 100,000 times, B, 30,000 times, 40,000 times, 140,000 times. I am going to go conservative and say B. No, it's 100 to 140,000 times stronger than the Are Earth's magnetic pool. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> I know. So that is a... The, me the measurement is in Tesla. It's three to seven Tesla. So um, a one Tesla magnet. Mm -hmm. So Tesla, uh, Tesla, and you know, he came up with the whole theory about magnetic energy mm -hmm. um, with the, the ball and, and, mm -hmm. and rotating, the ball being held up and like rotating on that plate has a specific name. Someone named Biomechanics Geek came in. All right, oh. are we friends or not? Mm -hmm. um, so, Anyways, a one Tesla magnet 
is used at a junkyard to lift cars. <laughs> I know, isn't that cool? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, um, all right. Now, here's one of my fun ones. Um, copper is used in an MRI. True or false? True. True. It I, is. Yes, I got one. It's, it is used to protect the electromagnetic shield. So, it's a shielding. Does it absorb the energy or it, like, directs it down? Yeah, I think it kind of helps contain it in, in it, it, like, the copper um, is put around uh, the magnet, not directly. Mm. Yeah, so it's a, you know, it's, it's holding in the electromagnetic field. Interesting. Yes. So, okay, do you know how they work at all? These, these? Not really. Oh, no, I don't. Okay. I don't. So does anybody on the gram know how MRIs work? Technically. Okay. I'm going to see if anybody pops in. All right. So the, the image of an MRI is actually a measurement uh, that shows contrast between different tissues throughout the body. Take a stab at what atom it is manipulating. The magnetic, the magnet is manipulating. Hydrogen? Yes. Ah! <laughs> okay. Well it's hydrogen. I got excited and I clapped. Sorry, <laughs> podcast listeners. <laughs> it is hydrogen. So uh, the strength of the magnet aligns the hydrogen atoms in a certain way. It pulls it. It says like soldiers get in line and all the hydrogen atoms start facing the same way. And that's based on the frequency that they set for the magnet. So if they want to look at brain tissue versus a knee versus a uh, liver, I don't know, somewhere where cancer might be, then it's going to have a different magnetic pull for those hydrogen atoms to line up. And then hmm. the hydrogen atoms um, are magnetic, and the measurement that is detected is the current induced by the change. And that is the change in like their alignment. So the imaging sequences come from different, like, sequences so that they can see like the different tissues. I already said that. Mm -hmm. So this is from um, a textbook. The basis of MRI is that certain atomic nuclei, typically those of hydrogen in the tissue become magnetized when placed in an external magnetic field. This produces in the tissue a net magnetization, M <laughs> measurement, that is initially aligned with the direction of the main magnetic field. Can tell I got that from a textbook. <laughs> it had, and then it talked about like the um, actual uh, calculations that go into it, and I, it was very cool. Wow. Yeah. So the radio waves excite the the hydrogen atoms, and then the contrast is measured, mm -hmm. and that's how Between, they find yeah, out with the water with with the magnetic pool, and they get an image from that difference. Who figured this out? This is uh, well. It, okay. So good question. It was figured out in nineteen thirty. Three and didn't come to use until 1977. Yeah, so it took a oh. while to get this together. Before they renamed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that it was really cool to learn how it worked. And that, like, <laughs> the magnet at the, the junkyard pulls up a car, and it's, like, six times stronger than that. Oh I thought gosh. that was cool. And then I watched a video on how it's made, like, the GE uh, factory, and I was like, oh, wow, cool. This is really amazing. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, why do we get an MRIs? Um, let's talk about that next. But 
I want to take a quick moment to acknowledge our affiliate program with Holy Hydrofix Holy Hydrogen. Heck yeah. And I promise you we did not I did not want to do this podcast just because hydrogen <laughs> is involved. Um, hydrogen is like the smallest molecule, right? Yep. Okay. And we um, have been, you know, lucky enough and really, truly just blessed to be aware of this technology. Agreed. Yeah. And all thanks to Angela, Greg the Hydrogen Man, Uprising 144K, and, you know, um, like thousands of studies. And hydrogen is used by health professionals as a powerful antioxidant and is the number one tool to fight inflammation. And that is shown in multiple medical studies, um, including like the top like eight reasons for death. It can help, you know, with that antioxidant power. So studies show therapeutic potential in cancer, diabetes, digestive and heart issues and essentially every organ and, and, and system in the body. Because hydrogen is the smallest molecule in existence, it can pass through the cell membrane and even the blood-brain barrier to clear out inflammation and free radical damage, where other antioxidants just, they just can't get there. So visit this wonderful affiliate. You can see it in the background potentially here on the video. Um, we'll probably, uh, I'll have some hydrogen water in a minute. And it's just this small, like really functional machine to add molecular hydrogen to your water, or you can use it and just breathe the gas or inhale the gas in. Visit holyhydrogen.com to dive deeper into the research and order the best hydrogen generator on the planet. Use code THINKFIT100 for $100 off your order. It's not going to be the last time we talk about them um, because, you know, Greg came on the podcast and we're, um, I'm hydrogen. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into are. it. <laughs> it's really, you know, we experiment with a lot of things. That's an <laughs> understatement. And this is one of the things that we found that really moves the needle so, so much. And, you know, we, ha we just love it um, for all the reasons Jen said and the the other beautiful sort of sophisticated technology of hydrogen is that it not only you know goes in and calms inflammation by searching out those free radicals, but the byproduct is that your body receives water. There's no <laughs> harmful byproduct. You can't like do too much. Like there are some ways supplements can throw off chemically some some things going on so but with the hydrogen you're totally safe and shout out to the japanese they use it all over there they mm -hmm. carry it in ambulances sorry i know that you've mentioned that no before. They, they haven't but yeah it's really um it's really special so and i didn't realize that about the mri but it made <laughs> sense in all of my understanding of hydrogen how really everything relies on it and yeah so to me i was like that was the first thing um, i'm gonna guess hydrogen odds are pretty good yeah that yeah. that's what's gonna be influenced that's so cool <laughs> anyways i am going to indulge you in some interesting facts about mri okay okay these hydrogen that hydrogen aligning magnet why do we get in it? Okay, why do we get in it? Yeah. Uh, my knee hurts, my back hurts, da 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 da. It is used for brain readings. I think that's one of the interesting things I've seen it used for. It's taught, functional MRI readings have taught me a lot about the brain. It gives you a visual of, of blood supply in the brain. That's what it's cool. doing. So, so they've done a lot of studies on musicians where they see different, 
you know, blood flow activity and, and all the areas of the brain that get ignited when somebody's producing and playing music. Cool. That's right? so cool. And so, you know, there's those kind of MRIs. Um, there's standing MRIs, which I think is very cool. I want to see, do we want to see the knee in a load-bearing capacity? Mm. Do we want to see the spine in a load-bearing capacity? Um, cool. Uh, do yeah. we want to see... Uh, it can pick out different cancers. Um, in fact, MRIs uh, far out, like, perform biopsies. Mm. Um, Without the invasion. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Without the radiation, mm. right? So there's a lot of great reasons to use an MRI, but I think with great power comes responsibility. Mm. So let's dive into that. Also, one of my favorite functional MRI stories about pain science is when they used a case study of a athlete with ankle injuries, um, I think it was a dancer, and she had multiple, uh, sustained multiple injuries to this ankle, but at the moment it was doing well um, from a pathological point of view, from a, you know, the medical provider had said, you're clear for, you know, dancing and exercise, but you still have pain, and she still had pain. So this uh, functional MRI imaging w it really gave us a look into how the, the, the brain produces pain and it is a construct of the brain, not the tissue. Because when they took this woman through mental exercises of her, uh, you know, just, and when she was just moving her ankle um, around and she had full range of motion, she was getting all kinds of pain responses in the brain even though there was nothing like on wrong with the tissue of her moving mm. her ankle. So, you know, I love quoting that. And I guess all this to say, I'm not anti-MRI, mm -hmm. but I am just here for, I want to say like, let's normalize consent for medical, you know, procedures and tests. Beautiful. Yeah. When it's appropriate in the right context, mm -hmm. it can be very valuable and revealing. Mm. But if you live in a zip code where they're cutting people open, maybe it's something to think about or reconsider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if the doctor's too quick to get to the MRI machine or get you there, mm -hmm. that that is, seems to be an issue. Mm -hmm. So let's, um, okay, I did a lot of research for this. Shout out to Kenan for helping me out. I also want to say we I have a correction. The first episode we did with um, just an intro to the season, I quoted a really cool study on asymptomatic hips and MRIs. I yeah, I totally goofed one part of that, a really big part of that. All those percentages were correct, and I still have that info if you all if you want to dive into that. I said like a couple thousand people were in that study. It was like 50. Mm. Whoops. <laughs> so... I don't, I, I think I just got excited <laughs> and I just want to correct myself. I still stand by that study. I think it's a great one because multiple people went into the MRI, 45, 45 people went into the MRI with no hip pain. And, you know, it was like, what was it? 67, 69% showed labral tears with no pain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that is still a huge finding and I definitely stand behind that, mm -hmm. um, pointing that out. <laughs> so a few factors with um, MRIs that are inconsistent. One is reliability. 
And the other big question I have is, um, do MRIs generate false alarms? And do they create like a street light effect? You didn't know it was there until the light came on, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, yeah. So those are my three issues. So reliability. Um, this, I'm gonna quote a really big study, meaning like shocking, tragic, and not funny. Mm. So it was a one, one woman had, oh gosh, 10 different radiologists from different facilities, um, 63 years old, volunteer with sciatica. She allowed herself to be scanned over and over and over again and the radiologist did not know they were being tested. <laughs> um, so the radiologist in these 10 different scans cooked up 49 different findings. No. Yeah. Yeah, 49. So 16 were unique. Not one was found in all 10 reports. No. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't even a common denominator amongst mm -mm. these. Mm -mm. They all came up with, wow. Yeah. So pretty tragic. That's... That's hard I, to believe. Yeah, yeah. So that was a 2016 study. It's called Variability and Diagnostic Error Rates of 10 MRI Centers Performing Lumbar Spine MRI Examinations on the Same Patient Within a Three-Week Period. Uh, this Journal of Spine, Spine Journal. And so was the difference the interpretation of the images? Yes. So the images were basically the same or similar enough? The, I, the machines are different. The, techno I, the, the technology was different. But the interpretation is the main source. The radiologist. Of wow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the thing to understand about, I think, MRIs is that they don't, they don't get a lot of info on the ligaments. And what mm -hmm. is a spine? It, there's so many ligaments. Mm -hmm. So, and if you go at a different time of day, you're going to get a different reading. Mm -hmm. If you go in, and there's studies that show that, like, if, so if you go in the morning, you'll get a totally different reading than in another time of day because the the hydration of the disc potentially mm -hmm. okay Did so i have a folder on my drive with 22 different papers on how discs can regenerate and mm. and they call it spontaneous healing in the medical literature by the way because they don't know what causes the mm -hmm. healing mm. so We'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's a reliability, huge blunder there. Wow. Like we really have to, I don't know. I think, I, I think we have to know that, that something like that is possible before we get an MRI reading, especially if you're going in for ligament stuff. Ligaments, they don't, we've all heard it. They don't have a lot of blood flow. That means they don't have a lot of water, which is not a lot of hydrogen <laughs> to pull mm -hmm. around. So they can't, they can't see it. Like, with the brain, there's a lot of fluid activity up there. So you get really beautiful, like, images. I don't know. Pretty mm -hmm. plain and simple. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 This was 100 board-certified practicing orthopedic surgeons were surveyed. And this was given at two national conferences. So it wasn't like rogue orthopedic surgeons, like, hanging out in the street corner skateboarding. <laughs> These were guys, gals, that theys that were at a national conference interested in furthering their education yeah. and their practice. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I'd love to see what was on the schedule for that, those weekends. <laughs> so a hundred board certified practicing orthopedic surgeons were given a survey. 
So they wanted to like assess the value, reliability, and diagnostic utility of MRIs in preoperative planning in shoulder and knee surgery. Of 93% reported that there, there was believed to be a problem with the accuracy of an MRI in the setting of a prior surgery and or if previous hardware was present. So if somebody's had previous knee surgery, previous shoulder surgery, your MRI is basically useless. You said 93%? Believe that, they, that there's a problem with the accuracy. So majority, 91%, also preferred intra-articular view of the knee or shoulder prior to surgery as opposed to using an MRI. And I think that's interesting. That was a 2019 study, Clinical Medical Insights Arthritis Musculoskeletal Disorders. That was the name of the journal. So I think what's interesting, one, is the future of medicine. One of them is gonna be like a lot of electrical impedance. The other thing I think is robotics. At the University of Virginia, actually Liz works for one of these orthopedics. She's, this is fascinating. This guy like pioneered um, the smallest little robot to go in and look at any tissue. I mean, it's like, like hair sized. So they can get a, a really, really, a, like these views of t- tissues and organs that, you know, it can also, it can help with surgery, it can help with so many things, diagnostics. That's amazing. I know. I heard something, it wasn't diagnostic, but that they had these tiny robots programmed to go in and get cancer out. Yeah. So there, it's really interesting to see what emerges from this, like, this technology. But yeah, we have, I mean, but we have to acknowledge like, you know, these MRIs cost a couple hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, it's, it's got to get used. Uh, Yeah, I saw, I was watching them make it in that GE factory. I was like, wow. Like the materials they were using are like indestructible. Like fiberglass, you know, all kinds of, they they used helium to make it super cold so the magnet wouldn't heat up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was wild. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I hope I, I really hope to keep aligning with orthopedic practices that are non-surgical. Because the more that we learn, the more that I think I true. This is my professional opinion. Most orthopedic surgery is kind of barbaric. That's it. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think in like ten years, we're all going to kind of see that. We're going to be like, oh that hammer nail situation is kind of yeah, gross. Hmm. Well, I'll say just from watching you, you've hmm. earned that opinion yeah. <laughs> because you've seen countless people come in with harm yeah, and long-term harm. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, we're not saying everything is wrong. This is wrong in every case, but there's enough information you have to, I think, have a very valuable opinion on the matter um, and that financial thing is a, is a big piece as well i don't know if you're planning on getting into that in your further questions but i yeah. want to know like because i how like do, do people like get kickbacks from yes yeah, okay we'll get that so next. yeah it's not a ton of money in the scheme of like how many i mean it definitely adds up it's probably more than like I we get from a affiliate with Holy Hydrogen, Think Fit, Be Fit, One Hundred, whatever. No, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It, you know uh, the lower end of that num that kickback number six hundred dollars for a scan. Mm-hmm. Higher number being closer to fifteen hundred. Mm, okay. So. 
But I mean, in the, uh, you know, they make much more money on surgery, obviously. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So those so, two but, things kind of go in hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, okay. So, I found, <laughs> all right, let's see. Okay. So that's my, those are my things on reliability. And I think like the ligament piece shouldn't be like forgotten because most pain that is like tissue driven kind of, it comes from ligaments being stretched, especially in the hip, especially in the low back. That's why I kind of went on a huge campaign about like not stretching when you have pain all the time. Like it, because if you overdo it and you stretch a ligament, you're, you're pretty much in trouble or a nerve, like you're, you're in trouble. Nerves can heal, ligaments not so much, but that's why they have so many pain receptors, you know, because the the body knows that they can't like repair that mm-hmm. tissue. Mm-hmm. You know, muscles, tendons, it's it's not quite the same mm-hmm. density at all for pain receptors. I mean, the muscle has to like break for it to like have, you know, nocioceptive qualities. Which goes back yeah. to your first point about self-trust. Like, yeah. oh, I'm stretching the crap out of my back and it hurts or whatever, these things, like trust that your body, trusting the body signals and investigate further. Yep, investigate further. Not run to the doctor, try to get the answers. Um, there are cases where, you know, an infection or a tumor can be diagnosed for an MRI, but you know, Like orthopedic surgeons have ways of, you know, getting, you know, getting the right information from you and sending people through conservative treatment before doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe this is where those ultrasound machines could be very useful too, you know. Hello, my vibrant fitness friends. Just a small break to tell you about something so exciting and you may have even heard it on one of our past episodes. Hydrogen, molecular hydrogen, is a powerful health enhancement tool. And the device that I'm using right now, Holy Hydrogen, the Lourdes Hydrofix, studies have shown that therapeutic benefits for cancer, diabetes, digestive, and heart issues, essentially every organ and system in the body can benefit from molecular hydrogen. Visit holyhydrogen.com to see the latest technology that elevates your immune system, fights inflammation, and increases your vitality. This is not medical advice because I'm not your doctor, but if you have any health concerns, I strongly recommend that you learn more about molecular hydrogen. Get educated at holyhydrogen.com or episode two of season six on Think Fit Be Fit and order the best hydrogen generator known to man. Use code THINKFIT100 for $100 off your order. Anyways, let's talk about the overuse of this technology. Uh, A July British Medical Journal 2021 paper, it suggested a problem with the over-reliance in MRIs in the UK of 306 requested by 107 clinicians across 29 practices, only 4.9% appeared clearly indicated as needing intervention 
and only 16% of those received appropriate prior therapy um, before like surgery. So there's a huge problem. This is, this is definitely an obesity and lifestyle issues too. People aren't getting proper counseling about what is going on with their body, proper education about what's going on with their body. The text highlights that most patients suffered from chronic symptoms and psychosocial flags with mental health being addressed in only 11.8% of cases. A pathoanatomical approach, which means take away the stress, that's when they would say, why don't you stop walking? You know, like, why don't you wear these orthopedic shoes? Why don't you use a cane? That's like taking away stress from the body, which is the opposite of, of training and physical or therapy. Or shifting the stress yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Not to totally taking it away, yep. just misplacing it maybe. Yeah, misplace. Yeah, so that's what that word means, pathoanatomical approach. That was the primary method of addressing musculoskeletal care when really like we should be talking about pain science, how pain is constructed, what the experience of pain is like, and that the worst thing for pain is fear. Mm. You know, like that, that's what we really need to be, that's the intervention. Mm. And it's not profitable. I know physical therapists that can, you know, attest to that because they do that work. <laughs> Only 7.8% of patients were managed without extra referrals and 1.3% of, sca of scans resulted in changed treatments. So they went to go get these MRIs and only 1% of them like, changed their approach. So there's a significant lack of proper scan interpretation um, leading to overdiagnosis and low value referral, post MRI referral. Mm. So it's like they're not doing anything about it. Like they're doing these scans and like, it's just overused. Like when you really could be like counseling someone talking to them, asking good questions, and finding out the right method, the next thing to try. Mm. MRI triggered referrals had zero, near zero conversion rates, <laughs> causing delays in appropriate care. The cost of these cascades exceeded direct MRI cost, potentially doubling expenditure. So this means like uh, compared to physiotherapist-led assessment services, like what I was saying, like, mm -hmm. you know, actual you know, person-to-person -person therapy mm -hmm. without significant increased therapeutic yield. So um, basically the people that were waiting for MRI scans got inappropriate care. When they could have just gone to a physiotherapist, a mental health provider, and gotten like good, like care. <laughs> and put, mm -hmm. put that under the tragic category. Yeah, it's tragic, yep. And probably in that period, they increased their fear, yes. which is what I heard you say, that is the number one contributor to pain. Yes. And I don't know anybody that would be like, yeah, let's go get an MRI, it's gonna be amazing. There's a ton of fear because there's uncertainty, what am I gonna find? And people are right to be nervous about, am I gonna need surgery? Mm -hmm. Which is, depending on zip code, whatever that's gonna be. But that's really startling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they are kind of useless in the fact that, like, they're just telling you what you already know. That's what a lot of people are finding. Like, mm. it's like, mm. they're just telling you what you already know. You know, I've worked with people that have gotten those executive scans where they, like, do the whole body. Mm. And that can be, you know, that's a false alarm generator. Mm. Right? 
you know, I would argue for a much more holistic wellness approach. What's, you know, what measuring pH, measuring body temperature, you know, assessing like your spiritual and emotional health on a regular basis. I mean, that sounds kind of cheesy, but um, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It sounds, you know, taking inventory of yourself and, you know, I just don't think like you, you, we give enough credit to the whole like, you know, the trust of the body, the innate healing capacity and how much we can do without like our, our bodies like built for redundancy. Mm-hmm. Like both of my knees have torn ligaments in it, in them. I, you know, I'm not suffering. I'm, I'm quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm thriving and squatting and pickling. Yes, I'm very well muscled. I'm very well muscled, <laughs> you know? Um, and so there's even, so the, the MRI, it then comes down to just pre- doctors covering their ass which is a whole nother thing, which makes, you know, which gives me uh, an empathetic, you know, look into the whole situation. Because we know malpractice and all that stuff is like a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. The whole system is flawed. Yeah. So, all right, back to this fear and back pain thing. I'm quoting Lorimer Mosley. He had a great TED talk on why things hurt. That's what it's called, why things hurt. And he is the premier talking head for pain science. So he's, he is um, a hero of mine. Mm -hmm. Like any, I love, you guys know I love pain science. Mm -hmm. Any quote, any piece of credible evidence that they are all, they are in danger, meaning the patient, should change their pain. So once you see the scan, that's gonna change your pain. That's what he's saying. And they are all walking into a hospital department with models like this on the desk just basically waiting for them. What does your brain say when it sees a disc that's slipped so far out of its sitting out of its sitting on its own? If you ever seen a disc in a cadaver, you can't slip the suckers. They're immobile. You can't slip a disc. But that's our language and it messes with your brain and it cannot mess with your brain and it cannot mess with your brain. It cannot not mess with it your brain. It cannot not, 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 yeah, not. sorry. No, totally. It cannot not mess with your brain. So, yeah, okay, so let's just say that disc slipping is not an actual thing and it's true, I've seen them in cadavers, you can't move them. Slip, it's, it, I don't know, I think the slipping is just a hydration thing, I think it makes sense under that lens, but I don't, I don't know. It's mm. uh, I, that that's a whole nother research dive, and I have the research, and I love looking through it. So if you want to hear all about that, let's go, <laughs> let's go. But only oh. if you drink hydrogen water. <laughs> um, I'm only taking requests from well hydrated <laughs> listeners. Because <That's right. laughs> your brain has circulation. Because <laughs> your brain has. Oh my god, man! But what I got from this leader in the field is that there's no way that even walking to an office and seeing these images doesn't impact you, doesn't mess with you yeah. in a in a potentially harmful way. Yeah, 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 pain. Um, so that whole pathway is about um, essentially like the uh, drive of the nervous system changes. So it becomes impossible to like, you know, turn on parasympathetic and have 
like vagal tone when you're in a high state of fear mm. so then the pain never turns down that's one explanation for this mm. there's others mm -hmm. that i'm not going to get into um we have probably three or four episodes on pain science i've contemplated having a special series on think fit be fit on pain science because it is a passion mm -hmm. so maybe and needed, coming, yeah. needed information because people do not it doesn't seem that people understand the brain's creation of it. Like yeah. They tend to um, assign the one-to-one, -one, there's pain, there's damage. Yep. When that first example of this ballerina or this dancer's ankle gave us direct example that that's not true. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so that's exactly, you know, one of my missions here on planet Earth is to, you know, share how the body, you know, constructs like our perception and how we move mm -hmm. and move how moving is so important for our health and how our brain um, can thrive and how our body can thrive. And, you know, going into a situation like he was describing where those, those pictures are waiting for you. And when you can kind of, kind of visual back to the brain, when you visualize that the one-to-one -one mm -hmm. scenario is true, mm -hmm. you make it true, you know? That's true. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. And the other part that can lead to that that like downward slide mentally on, on that trajectory or this downward spiral is the belief that it's a linear progressive downturn. When you mm -hmm. showed in that the thing about the spine, those can regenerate, but people don't ever think of that. And they're getting the visual, yeah. they're making it true in their brain, and they're creating this linear progression in one direction when really it's multi-directional, possibly, depending on the case, but nobody, like, so that just contributes to the fear and mm -hmm. that sympathetic turn on, all of that. Mm. Thank you, yes. We got the streetlight effect on there. <laughs> Thank you so much, per I mean, perfect, you know? Um, okay, so I have some more stuff uh, that I pulled, and I'll just kind of go through this research on accuracy of testing and stuff like that. So spinal fusion for chronic low back pain, um, a systematic review on the accuracy of test for patient selection. So diagnostic tests have proven to be nonspecific and their accuracy poor in determining treatment success. That's taken right from the study. Shout out to intern Kenan for helping me with this. Uh, two randomized controlled trials compared fusion with cognitive behavioral exercise therapy or an intensive rehab program and reported equal improvement for fusion and conservative treatment. So you don't need that $9 screw in your back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I gotta collect my eyeballs. <laughs> I know, I'm so hard in my head. That's insane. I know with the outcome of spinal fusion being more costly, leading to greater complications and morbidity. That made my turn, mm, stomach turn a little bit. Okay, on to the next one. <laughs> Pitfalls and peril, per, per, it says pearls. <laughs> uh, maybe it says pearls, I don't know. An MRI of the knee. Sources of such pitfalls include areas of normal anatomy, anatomic variants, and technique-related artifacts masquerading as abnormalities as well as commonly overlooked abnormalities. That's what the doctors were displeased with. Um, so, you know, nor like basically, <laughs> an MRI of the knee is like really, uh, I'm just gonna say useless. Mm. Unless, I mean, I don't know. 
Um, Those orthopedic surgeons seem to agree with you. Yeah, and, and they do. Of them. Yeah, ninety-three percent of them agree. Evaluation of menisci um, may be misleading because it is difficult to distinguish tears from areas of intrameniscal degeneration, and the extent of a tear may be overestimated on a T1 weighted imaging. So T1's a type of image. Mm -hmm. uh, normal anatomic interfaces may also mimic meniscal tears on orthogonal short TE MRI acquisitions. So yeah, we're just seeing like proof that normal anatomical variations skew the, skew the radiologists and their reading because we're not all perfect specimens. Yeah. And that's it. Oh my gosh. This is reminding me, yeah. Aunt Jamie's son got an MRI, they showed a tear, they went in, and they couldn't find it. That happened That's with my first client. Yeah, today. Yep, happened to her this year. He was pissed. Yeah, yeah. Rightly so. Yeah. So what do they do? They just sew them up and then say, sorry, we didn't find anything. You're good to go. Yeah, I guess. And create that new scar tissue now from cutting it open and the trauma of that surgery. Yeah. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> Just, um, that's what we did today. Um, all right, next. <laughs> next. Okay, is lumbar fusion necessary for chronic low back pain associated with degenerative disc disease? A meta-analysis. So, pretty, uh, a pristine level of data here. The present meta-analysis determined that fusion surgery was no better than non-operative treatment in terms of the pain and disability outcomes at either short or long-term follow-up. So this all kind of starts with getting that MRI. Like you didn't need it because mm. degenerative disc disease can be helped with conservative treatment. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Lumbar fusion is one of the most commonly performed procedures for degenerative di disease of the lumbar spine whose safety and efficacy remains controversial for chronic low back pain associated with degenerative disc disease. So like, my concern personally is that once you get one, you have to like stabilize the rest of the spine. And people fight tooth and nail not to get that second or third surgery. We've seen it so, I, I've seen it so many times in my 12, 13 years doing MAT, I can't count. And it sucks, you know? And, and some people, one woman I worked with uh, within the last two years, she went back and got another surgery and she's not even 50 years old. Like I was, you know, I, I felt my heart sunk, you know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in this meta-analysis, it included six random controlled test uh, studies, and they concluded um, that fusion surgery was not superior to non-operative care. So another note from, from this uh, meta-analysis is that lumbar fusion is not necessary for chronic low back pain associated with degenerative disc disease, given the pain and disability outcomes were no better than the non-operative treatment representative by cognitive interventions. So, whew, get hydrated. Stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanna, can I just say one thing yeah. real quick that, what I hear this, in this entire session is your desire to just educate people before they go down a slope where they can't so easily turn around because mm. you've seen the outcome when people don't have that information in advance mm -hmm. and it goes badly. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to thank you for this, you know, because I can hear the passion in your voice for those people mm. that 
you couldn't maybe stop from going in that direction and you've seen them suffer. Mm. So, you know, I'm so glad to be a part of this today and sharing and maybe somebody just gets some more information and you're not telling anybody what to think, but just like here's data mm-hmm. and here are the facts that they're not going to they're not going to disclose to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, may- maybe maybe consent does become the new thing. Like we should know the the risk of getting an, N- an MRI before we get in there. The, yes. I did read about some accidental deaths were that were really gnarly because of the magnetic so- something flying around. I was gonna ask you. Oh, that kind of strong. Oh, that feel. is scary. Yeah, Woo. yeah. Some of the videos, like some of the stuff on YouTube, is like them just throwing a stapler and MRI and seeing how crazy it goes. Like it becomes like a bullet. It's like poo 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 poo. Wow. Like it's wild. One hundred forty thousand times the Earth. That's that the, yeah. On the higher end, okay. and then on the lower end, it was closer to forty thousand. So, but we know we want we want big we want the big guns. So it's probably at a hundred thousand, uh, which is about you know I think they said uh, six Tesla. So, all right. Now here's the thing that I mentioned in the first episode and the oopsie that I brought up: prevalence of abnormal hip findings in asymptomatic participants. A prospective blinded study. So meaning like the radiologist did not know when these people got in the tube that they had no symptoms. Okay. So this is like full radiology dependent. Mm. 45 volunteers with no history of hip pain, symptoms, injury, or surgery were recruited for um, this this study. All MRI scans were reviewed by three trained radiologists, which, you know, I actually advocate people to do that. I'm like, go get it read by someone else. Go get your second opinion. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody fucking listens. Mm, Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyways, Mm -hmm. abnormal... Okay, next next bullet point. (laughs) Abnormal finding was considered positive when two of the three radiologists Mm. agreed on its presence. So in the scope of things, like, they know not all radiologists are going to agree on the findings. I think that's an interesting takeaway. Mm -hmm. You know? They're already acknowledging. Yes that there is a lot of human reliance and error on MRI readings. Mm-hmm. Okay, magnetic resonance images of asymptomatic participants revealed abnormalities in 73% of hips with labral tears being identified in 69% of the joints. And then the rest of it are bone cysts, osteobumps, cartilage defects, um, acetabular bone edema. So, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just happy you all have this information now. You know, um, what else did I want to say about this? Yeah, I'm just going to get back to my work, um, kind of healing joints and moving about the world without ligaments in my knees uh, and kicking ass. Are we pickleballing tomorrow? We are. It's on. <laughs> see you not in the kitchen. <laughs> see you not in the kitchen. Snack corner stat. <laughs> We're going to be well hydrated for our pickling. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's a good takeaway. Um, I, you know, I'd love to know what you guys, what else you want to hear on this technology season. I've got, of course, um, Dr. Tim Brown coming on for the new X uh, technology, interactive neuromuscular stimulation that I use all the time. 90% of my clients know about my electrical magic. And uh, Dr. Tim Brown is the chief science officer at new X. 
Um, we're also gonna have a separate conversation on how electrical stimulation affects muscle trigger points and knots. That's a big uh, <laughs> that's a big mission of mine is learning what the hell uh, muscle knots are because there's actual no professional consensus on them. No matter how many needles you've got stuck in them, there's no professional consensus uh, on what trigger points actually are. So we're going to talk about that, which I'm so excited about. What else? Uh, we have uh, Kinvent technology, um, which is biomechanical reading uh, technology that we use here in the studio. If you're noticing a theme here, <laughs> it's stuff that we trust, that we love, and we're gonna talk about why we trust and love them. What do you think, anything else? Dr. Derry Tennant, anyone from his organization would be a wish list. <laughs> so if you can make that happen, Angela, go. That's my guy, that's, that's, our, that's our guy. Yeah, that's our guy. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> but so if you guys have, um, we're, we're open to more guests. We have room for a couple more. So I wanna know what y'all are thinking. Oh, we have Rob coming up. We haven't published that episode yet. We have, so, you know, we wanna talk about mitochondria. So I think, I think it's worth another conversation on mitochondria. I love it. Yeah. That was a very interesting deep dive we took with him. Yeah, so something, yeah, I think something about, you know, how the mitochondria like, are energized and fed. Because we talked a bit about circadian rhythm, which has a lot to do with mitochondria, but we didn't talk about mitochondria too much specifically. <laughs> we didn't do much talking at all, really. Yeah, we listened. We listened. We were learned. We learned a lot. And he is launching an online like membership site. So I signed up to be on the wait list because this guy is so smart. So shout out to Coach Rob Jacobs. And we got some hormone stuff coming up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out today. It was more than a delight. Favorite snack this week? Ooh, what is my favorite snack this week? I'm liking those new Perfect Bars. I also am enjoying that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm liking the new Perfect Bars. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go, go with that. They nice with a like, glass of raw milk. Yeah, they do, they do. They <laughs> shout out the raw milk. Oh, you know who else I wanted to have on the podcast? Um, my friend Kat, who has the farm. She's busy. She got a lot going on. So I would really like to have her on because I want to talk about you know how technology plays into what we eat. You know, and she uses regenerative agriculture. So I kind of want to talk about that, how, you know, like regenerative is like honoring the the, the ecosystem, the capacity within versus, again, like relying on, you know, external sources of feed, uh, not feed. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, <laughs> fertilization and how the chickens and all that stuff. Okay, chicken, cow, buck, buck, buck. All right, we're out. You guys just got a dose of unhydrated Jen. Don't forget to check out our affiliate. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. If you're interested in further resources, check out or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com.